Welcome to the C9 Win Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to talk about the rest of CS Summit, Alex and his opping, and then the upcoming IEM event. First off, Cloud9 launched a new Amazon store selling their merch through Amazon. And they have like some retro gear from the old days like the tank tops and some older jerseys to go with some of their newer stuff. And I'm an affiliate on Amazon. So if you go to c9win.com slash Amazon, it'll take you to the Cloud9 page. And then anything you buy, Amazon will give me a small commission from their cut of the sale. So it doesn't cost you anything. And if you're looking to get new gear and you want to support Cloud9 as well as me, you can head to c9win.com slash Amazon or click the link below. And that would be really appreciated. So let's start with Alex. And can I just say, what a phenomenal showing by Alex. Like, honestly, like, he was so consistent and he hit so many shots and he did such a good job playing different angles and being really unpredictable, especially for this being his first event. I was kind of blown away with how well he did. I was expecting a lot more of him just playing like default spots And honestly, I was expecting him to miss a lot more. He definitely did have times where he like didn't understand the angle he was holding like two times on Inferno, one time when he was holding in apps and got shot without seeing anybody. Another time he was holding down mid and got opt before he saw the other person. Um, So he didn't really understand the angles he was holding or like amidst the pressure of people attacking the side, he would make a wrong move and a wide peek or whatever. But overwhelmingly, he played really good and if this is like his start and he can get a ton of improvement from here this could end up working out really well I really like his aggression and the way that he plays and he just keeps things unexpected and fresh and so this could be a really good move if he can continue to improve so let's talk about CS Summit so In the last episode, I talked about the first Fury match. So we're going to talk about after the first Fury match, um, which is the NIP match was the first one. And Dust2 was pretty rough. Um, We lost 16-5 and the team looked honestly like really uncoordinated. It seemed like pretty puggy from our side, especially on the T side where all of our plays were fairly obvious. There wasn't a lot of fakes or working to gain a bunch of map control before like pushing other areas we'd kind of just go one way and it would either work out or it didn't and when Alex was opping he would hold some angles great and play it perfectly but then other times he would wide swing and not realize where his like advantage lied like on the site or he would just be uncomfortable and just like make a mistake and give up his life like if you rewatch round 10 he plays his angles really nicely as the enemies re as the enemies take B site and he ends up with a 4k. But then on round 19, he gets like a nice kill from A site down long. He actually kills their opper, but then he swings super wide to his left and dies before he can even get another shot off because he exposed his whole body to four different members of NIP. So we see this kind of a few times where he doesn't know exactly how an angle works or how to peek it. Like I said, but it definitely improved over the course of the tournament and was still very impressive but on the offensive side they tried to take long a bunch and weren't really super successful they would use some initial utility like the very first flashes to get out the door but they didn't have a lot of follow-up after that so there was a couple times where their flashes also wouldn't even blind the opponents long for example in round nine they late push out doors 
and an opera is holding the doors and they throw a flash and it misses and the opera just gets a free kill. And Floppy is also taken over the lurking from Alex as we discussed last time. And we saw some growing pains on Dust 2 here as well where he'd get some kills sometimes but he'd also get a little antsy. So one example is like round 11 where he gets a kill mid doors as the lurk and then quickly tries to get up Xbox onto Cat and just gets traded out and they lose all that advantage that he had just created and all that space and map pressure where if he could have just like stayed and like continued lurking around and waiting to see if someone else is pushing from B site and if not just playing the um, after plant from their CT spawn, he really could have just kind of locked down that whole area. And then again, in round 15, he's lurking long and they flash him out. He gets outdoors but then he continually pushes and ends up getting shot in the back from pit. Like he comes out, he knows there's people there, but doesn't check pit at all. So just goes out and like wide swings, trying to take an angle down long and just dies. What he should do in this situation is he should try and play behind the dumpster and extend the fight. Cause his whole point is that he's the lurk. He needs to create pressure. He needs to waste a bunch of their time and their resources as the team is setting up somewhere else. So by him continually pushing and dying, they then realize immediately that there's no one else there and they start to rotate and know kind of what's coming. Where if he gets out and is behind the dumpster or playing it slower, they can create much more pressure and then the other team doesn't really know what's going on and kind of just changes the way the whole round would end up. Um, And so that's just something that he'll learn through more experience lurking and Overall, I think that T-Side just in general could work on creating more map pressure, like sending some flashes out long, even if you're not going there or creating some more pressure mid. We kind of just gave them way too much without any resistance and they punished us for it. And then on the CT side, it was kind of tough to get a read because we didn't really have very many rounds. We only had one full gun round before the map ended. Uh, But Mezzi did have a pretty sick 1v3 on an eco in round 18. Um, and as we've seen multiple times now, the game one to game two improvement on maps is pretty tremendous. So this was game one. And so we'll see how game two on dust two goes next time. And I expect them to be much better. Alex to be more comfortable calling while he's opping and us to kind of go back to us being pretty decent on dust two on overpass. We played really well. Like the map was not as close as the 16 to 1 scoreline showed. Our CT side our CT side was really dominant. Great trading. Alex was hitting his shots. We had really good utility usage. Did a lot of damage with nades and molotovs. Estac had a couple rounds where he did a ton of wall spam damage. And the sites were just like super locked down. We had a really good mix of aggressing while also other rounds holding our spots. Even got a ninja defuse. Um, so things were, you know, going pretty good on the CT side. On the T side, we had some good rounds, but then once we got to 14 rounds, we kind of got stuck and our T side on this overpass kind of left a lot to be desired. Um, but our CT side was pretty good. The T side was just too basic, not enough utility is used. So it was really easy for them to read what was going on and then counter it similar to the T side on desk two. We just had a lot more CT rounds, so we were able to take this. On train, our CT side was so good. 
honestly, like we could have taken it as a 15-0 on CT side. We were up 6-0, but then we lost back-to-back 3v1s. Like that was so brutal. And then we had to eco because of it. And then we lost a 5v3 when there was only 20 seconds left to go in the map and they weren't even on the site. So then we had to eco two more times. So we did lose rounds, but we easily could have never had to eco and won all of these 3v1s and 5v3s and just totally blown open the whole half. Um, But everyone looks really comfortable in their spots. S-Tag is making some really great plays forward on A. Mezzi has Ivy just completely locked down. And Alex has actually been playing with Floppy on B a bit more than I expected. But it's working out really nicely and surprising the opponents with how many different places he is taking his op. Our T-side train looked a lot better than versus Furia. We took our time. We took some map control and kind of did all this before we decided what we wanted to do. And for the third time in two train maps, though, we did have someone dry walk down lower B thinking they were hidden by that wall when they're not and they get opt. So might want to rethink that. But our lurks were good. Floppy had one towards B where he got onto the site and even got a kill while we were setting up A. And then Mezzi also had a really good one, Ivy, as we were going B. So definitely some solid plays there and some good lurking, good map control. And one thing to kind of think about for train is when you go to A, you kind of have two executes. You have your first execute, which is just to get your players into the trains, you know, like sandwich, Olaf, hell, etc. You then have to do another execute beyond this to get your players from the trains onto the site or your players out pop dog or Ivy, etc. But the second part is where we struggle is we take a lot of aim duels at this point. We get out, we get to the spots that we want and then kind of start peeking and just taking duels. And if you watch the old cloud nine, the second execute is where they thrived. Like once they were out, they had flashes on flashes, blinding enemies on the bomb train on Ivy, etc. So they could push the trains onto the site, push through the smokes knowing the enemies are blind. So that's definitely an area that this team needs to grow in. We are winning a lot of these aim duels because our team is just really good fraggers. But why take aim duels when you can just blind them and kill them for free? But it was a much better showing than versus Furia. So it was a really good improvement for our second time playing the map. Next, we played Furia and Nuke was so close to being ours. In round 24, it was 13-10 and we were pushing lobby from ramp with Alex and Floppy. And this is something that I've talked about before, and I don't understand why they do this, but Floppy goes first for some reason, and it was the same with Woxic. When they're pushing these small areas, Floppy is actually going first with the rifle with the op kind of watching his back. And so Floppy went to check the angle, got shot, and so now Alex is kind of left in the middle of nowhere. So he just continues holding the angle, and he ends up dying too, where I think if they push with the op first, the op can take a good trade versus an AK because if they don't insta headshot him, he wins that. If it's an AK versus an AUG or an M4, even if the AK doesn't insta headshot, they're still going to have the advantage. So I think they need to change that up and have the op go first. But if that doesn't happen, then they're on eco. We can kind of go from there. And then we were one bullet away on round 29 from winning the round and that would have ecoed them. And then they would have had no money for the final round of the map and we could have taken it. 
And so we were so close to having it. It just didn't go our way. And then on Inferno CT, we just absolutely smashed. Like we were so aggressive on Banana and it worked out so well. And I've been saying since this team was formed that we've been playing Inferno CT way too passively. And this was the first time that we were really aggressive and it was beautiful and it worked out so well. Alex was re-aggressing a ton of angles unexpectedly and getting a ton of picks. We put a lot of pressure on Furia and I hope that we can use this as a template for the future times that we play Inferno. Um, T-side, we were doing well until we decided to just dry peak top mid versus an eco, sending four people up top mid. Floppy ends up winning the round by clutching a 1v2, but it kind of crushed our economy and brought them back in like mentally. Luckily, we closed it out, but when you're versus Nico, they had the utility. Throw at least a flash or a smoke, anything. There's no reason to dry peek that into their deagles and stuff. And it was really close. Could have completely changed the course of everything, but we ended up taking it. Train was really interesting because last time we played Furia, they were constantly aggressing when they were on CT side and doing like a bunch of weird stuff, which is kind of what Furia does. But this time they played CT super laid back and we played so slow, like waiting on their pushes, waiting to see for when they would do some stuff. And I think they kind of mentally owned us. It was a really good counter by them. There was two rounds where we didn't even get a plant off and the round just ended because we were waiting so long for them to do something. And their ops just kind of wreaked havoc on us. But Fury is a good team and I thought we played pretty decent overall in both matches and I think if just a couple small things go our way, we easily could have won this match. Next up, we had MIBR. And on overpass T side, we lost two gun rounds in the first six rounds by not checking an angle after we flashed it. So two of their players were completely blind facing a wall as we walked right past them. And then they had a flank. So that was kind of brutal. And then there was a round where Mezzi and Zeppa are both working through connector slowly. They both have full utility. They don't use any of it, so they end up dying because Mezzi has his back turn checking an angle while he was playing up the stairs. Um, so just use some utility there. And then we had a B rush later on with all five players going B. Our team had four smokes, five flashes, and a molly. And we only used one monster flash in that take. I... Wish that we would like molly out barrels, flash the site, smoke off anything if we're going to do this. We're just walking into crosshairs and dying. And the person playing toxic is having no problems peeking up, shooting, getting kills, hiding. I just don't get it sometimes. We have all this utility. Let's just use it, execute on the site with at least some parts blocked off. So when you're checking, you're not checking everything. Force them to move, force them to make decisions. Um... So I just don't get it sometimes. I don't know why they don't use it and instead just dry peek into these angles. But then after that came the glorious CT side. And we read them super well on CT. But also their strats were pretty bad. They did so much grouping of just five to take an area. And then like that was it. Um, they let us get pretty creative with flanks and we could slow them down a ton when they tried to get into the site because we kind of knew what was happening. Now, we also did hit a bunch of shots and make a bunch of really great calls on what to do. 
But there was stuff like one round, they literally had the bomb just sitting on the ground short right outside bathrooms. So Alex is like just staring at the bomb on the ground. And so he tosses a molly right there because he knows exactly where they are, gets a kill, and then gets another good angle. So that was really fun to watch, really exciting, especially the second time when like you know they win, so it's much more fun and you're not just kind of like sitting there like, I can't emotionally get into this, like we're still so far behind, like I can't get excited, I just I can't open my heart again just to get broken. Um, definitely worth another watch, but that was a really fun CT side. And then we played Vertigo, which I dislike this map so much. Like we had a 5v3 retake and they can just hide, drop a smoke, spam it, get two kills. It's just boring to watch. It's too basic. I, I don't know. Anyway, but like if you go watch round 11, they had like five full AK, AK clips just spamming through the wall. But they did win the, the majority of duels and we missed some, some shots and they kind of ran away with it. We did bring it back, but... Even when winning rounds, they were still winning the duels, making every round like really hard. Um, and then on Inferno, we had some really good change of pace on our T side. We were hitting a bunch of shots. We were using utility really well. We had a really good T side. And then on CT, um, our aggression got punished in both the after pistol and then again after we bought. But I love seeing that aggression. And we did end up closing it out fairly easily, mostly because Mezzi is just so clean. Um, but our Inferno has super improved. The changes to the CT side especially are much better. The first five times or so that we played the map, I don't think we really improved that much. Um, but the changes that they had versus MIBR and then um, versus Furia were really good changes and I think we're looking much better and then on T side we're also just looking much more comfortable with the experience and then lastly we played Fnatic and man we could have won each one of these maps it was so close and I wanted it so badly but the lose one to two win two to one pattern continued and we lost one to two um the first map they chose Vertigo which I thought was kind of surprising but then it turned out to be a surprise for them because we completely obliterated them on Vertigo. We did a really good job pressuring the bottom of ramp. And that's not something you see very often. Typically, CTs are much more passive. And that's kind of why the map is T-sided. But we used a lot of resources to not let them up that ramp. And it worked out really well. Like, Floppy didn't have a lot of kills on CT side. In fact, he actually lost like a number of head-to-head -head duels. But he did have really good impact in getting damage and pressure down that ramp to keep them isolated down there. So it was just a really good game plan that we had coming in. And then the pistol round for T-Side was so smart. Like, we just knew their tendencies and we punished it. Like, we knew they were going to be aggressive, so we punished when they pushed B. And then they went aggressive again and we punished them pushing scaffolding. And then we even fake planted knowing that they were going to try to aggress again and stop the plant. It was just so smart and played so perfectly. We also seem to hit B on Vertigo much more than any other team that I've watched, which is interesting. Um, in this match, the calling was just so good. Like in the second round, we hit B. The third round, we hit A. The fourth round, we went mid and then went B. Then the next round, we played really passive, waited for them to aggress. They do. We get the kill. We take the site. 
we were just mixing it up a ton and had a ton of success doing it. The f- calling was just fantastic. And then Inferno on tea, we did a great job taking banana every single round while also taking control of apps or like other areas of the map. And I thought we did a really nice job on T side. We just lost a 3v3 after plant, a 1v1 after plant. Alex and Mezzi were both one bullet from winning a 1v3. So we were really close to a dominant T side and we did the majority of the things right. And I really don't have anything to complain about. I thought it was well executed other than round three where I think if Floppy gives up his gun when he was one HP to either of the other two players who were full HP, I think they win that round, um, which would have messed up the CT economy a bunch more. But nonetheless, I think we did play it very well. It just ended up going their way with the way the after plants worked. On CT, though, we went back to how we used to play it. Like we would use some utility banana and then we'd just go back and sit on sites. We weren't playing aggressive like we had done the two other times in this tournament. And I'm not sure why we went back to the strategy that hasn't worked at all when we've had success with our new strategy. We only got two rounds on CT. So like even if we won those after plants on T side that I talked about, it probably wouldn't have mattered. Um, but I just I don't know why we switched back. And it was kind of the same thing on Overpass. T-Side started off really good. We played slow, got great map control, and used that to rotate all over the place and catch them off guard a lot. And we were up 5-1 and looking real solid. But then round 7, we lost a 3v2 after plant. Then the next round, we lost a 2v2 after plant. Then we had to eco, and they ended up taking the half 8-7. Overall, I think the calling was good. I think if we had converted both those after plants or even like a late B rush that started off really good, that ended badly, um, we could have taken it pretty handily. And I think we worked the map pretty well. On CT side though, just like Inferno, it was pretty uninspired. There was no aggression at all. We never really pushed any areas. One round we re-aggressed water, but that's kind of it. Um, We never pressured long, never playground, never really even party, no monster pushes, just kind of played sites and like Inferno, that didn't work and we just got executed on over and over and lost. I'm not sure if we did this because we respected them too much or just weren't feeling it or if we were just playing not to lose or something, but we played way too passive both times and it definitely cost us. In the last two maps, there were nine afterplant situations where the numbers were even, like a 3v3, 1v1, etc. Of those nine situations versus Fnatic, we won one and lost eight. And then we also lost a 3v2. So things could have been completely different had we won more of these. But at the end of the day, our CT sides couldn't really hold anything down. So I'm not really sure if it would have mattered. But... It was tough to tough to see losing all those situations. Overall, the tournament was really positive. Alex and Zeppa both looked really good. Mezzi looked actually amazing. And we ended two and three, losing to Furia twice and Fnatic, but taking everyone to three maps. And I think that's pretty right in line with what you could have asked for from the team. I think that the team has a real talent. And if they stay together for six months, they could develop some really good strats and have really good teamwork and kind of enhance how they play and be really good. Um, One thing I liked seeing about Alex was how unpredictable he was and his willingness to push an angle or quickly rotate after a kill. 
I think he put himself in a lot of good spots, hit a lot of shots, and I, I just can't really state how impressed I was with him. Also, Mezzi's new role, he is absolutely thriving, and he is so clean and crisp, and he gets so many kills, and this whole event was our most solid player for sure, and I think he has stepped up to the plate, and he is knocked out of the park. Um, I can't wait to see how he continues to progress. Uh, next up is IEM, and we play in the play-in tournament on the 16th, and it's a double elimination tournament with half the teams making the main event. So we have a minimum of two matches, a maximum of three. If we win two, then we're in. So our first match is against Spirit, who's ranked number 13 in the world. We did beat them 2-0 a month and a half ago, but they've been on a tear since then. So... We're going to have to kind of bring it. Uh, last time against them, we played Nuke and Dust 2, and then Inferno was the decider. If we win, we play the winner of Big versus Movie Star Riders. If we lose, it looks like we play the loser of that same matchup. So we definitely have two good teams ahead of us, but I think we can make the main event. It won't be easy, but it should be doable, especially with the last two weeks that we've had to practice and grow. Um, so I am expecting some new things and some of these issues to be cleaned up and I'm really excited for that event. I hope we make the main event. A lot of good teams are here. It should be a really, really fun event if we make it all the way. And that's it for this episode. If you're enjoying my content, please consider subscribing. I'm trying to get to a thousand subscribers on YouTube if you're watching there so I can turn on their monetization and make a few dollars from the content I produce. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify or wherever else, I really appreciate you subscribing, listening along. Also check out C9Win for any other content that I make. Um, I also have my taskbar application there, which will tell you all of Cloud9's upcoming events, their stats, all that kind of stuff. It's a pretty cool thing that I made. And then again, c9win.com slash Amazon. If you want to go there and buy any new Amazon merch, support both me and Cloud9. That would be amazing. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time.